Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 53 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are you doing today? Doing really good. I mean, I am, I am, yeah, I can't complain at all. Been watching a little bit of college basketball. My Memphis nice. Tigers are 2 and 0, 11th in the country. So, they're they're pretty talented, pretty gifted. They'll, they'll find a way to uh, disappoint you, I'm sure. Or or you'll yeah. complain about the refs calling, um, not calling fouls for them. Yeah, no, that, well, that's yeah, that, that's a thing though. They, they, the refs, I'm pretty sure they hate Memphis. <laughs> I look forward to your <laughs> your Facebook post about how the refs hate Memphis um, every year. So I look forward to that again this year. But uh, you you brought up uh, how how gifted they are. And that, that kind of transitions right into what we're going to talk about today, and that is, uh, do spiritual gifts still exist today or not? Mm, uh, this nice is a segue. question from, yeah, right. Uh, th- this is a question from Bradley Petman at our church. So uh, shout out to Bradley. He's asked a few other questions, so thank you for that. And so we're going to answer this question and really take a look uh, even deeper than that, because I think as we go through some scripture, we'll see that that answer is pretty clear. Yeah. Um, but really get into the bigger theological debate out there about it's called cessationism versus continuationism. Mm. Say that five times fast. Uh, <laughs> don't actually though. Um, and, and so that's when it comes to spiritual gifts. Now just to define terms so you know what the heck we're talking about if you haven't heard those terms. Cessationism is a doctrine that spiritual gifts such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, and healing ceased with the apostolic age. Reformers such as John Calvin originated this view. Uh, guys like Augustine, Luther, Martin Lloyd-Jones, and John MacArthur would also be considered cessationists. Yep. Now, continuationism is a contrast to that, and it's the belief that the gifts of the Spirit, like signs and wonders, prophecy, healing, and speaking in tongues, are alive and well and function today just like they did in the first century church. Some famous conti- conti- wow. continuationists. Uh, I was surprised I made it that yeah, far without yeah. tripping. Continuationists would be Charles Spurgeon, John Wesley, and even one from today— John Piper, a little more local guy to to yeah. us up here in Minnesota. So that's those are the definitions: cessationism versus continuationism. Yeah, and, and just based on the definitions and then the godly men that you listed there on both sides, uh, we hope it's clear. I guess that uh, this isn't an easy subject. You know, consensus in the body of the Christ in the body of Christ on this matter probably isn't likely before we all get to heaven. And we're probably going to have to follow up with this episode with an episode or two, probably on. Uh, speaking in tongues and prophecy and things like that. Um, but uh, that said, we can gain a better understanding of spiritual gifts by seeing what the Bible does have to say about them. And that's what we're going to do is, is look at it and see see what it has to say. 
Yeah, looking forward to when we when we go through those as well. The closest I ever get to speaking in tongues is when I get really mad at a football game and get yelling, and I don't know what comes out. Thankfully, it doesn't happen very often, more in my former days, but uh, I don't know that that's a spiritual gift or anything God-given. So anyways, what we're going to dig into now, looking at some of the scriptures, what does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? Yeah, so first, go all the way back to the Older Testament. Most of this stuff is going to be Newer Testaments, where we see that when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in believers and he didn't do that in the Older Testament. He came and rested on believers. But in, in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 30, the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts are prophesied about. And it says this, And it, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And even the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my Spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. And so that's the promise. And then you see that promise fulfilled, or uh, excuse me, you see that prophecy promised again in Jesus before it's fulfilled in the early church. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and, and to the point then that you just said, we see in Acts 2, 1 through 4, that now that prophecy is fulfilled where the Holy Spirit comes, and, and so do the gifts. It says, when the day mm-hmm. of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. So uh, all the way back from Joel, talked about by Jesus in Acts, and then again in Acts 2, we see this all come to be the the first um, inkling really of spiritual gifts. And then even in Acts 19, fast forward a little bit in in verses 6 through 7, we we see it says, um, when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. So now, uh, again, just all of that reiterated that uh, these spiritual gifts specifically here, speaking in tongues and prophesying, were, were very much active and alive at this point. Yeah, I always put myself back in the, in the Acts chapter 2 early church setting when, when the Holy Spirit came up, there was this violent rushing wind sound. Not, not a wind, it just says it was like it. You know, so it was almost like it, was, it sounded like a tornado mm-hmm. going off in the middle of where they were having church. And uh, if it still happened that way today, then I'm thinking none of us have the spirit. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So that's just just one thought. It, we need it, to open our windows yeah. more on a windy day or something. Yeah, yeah, because when the spirit comes into us upon belief, we don't have that happen today uh, like they did then. So there is some differences. Um, but that being said, uh, differences should be ex- expected. Hebrews 2, 3 through 4 says, After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, so, so the Lord speaks First, it says it was confirmed to us by those who heard. So those who believed have this confirmed in them. It says God also testifying with them by both signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. And what he's talking about there is salvation. And he's saying that this stuff was testified about, prophesied about, showed to be true by these signs, these miracles and these things by gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it speaks about in the ways in which it was different over time. You know, first it was just the Lord speaking, and then it was confirmed through Jesus by those who heard, and then they were able to perform those things and, and have signs and gifts given to them. Jesus was doing it all first. Now they were doing it, and it was by the Holy Spirit, and it was according to the will of God. Yeah, and that tells us that God, you know, it says God also testifying with them mm-hmm. both by those signs and wonders and miracles. So 
uh, a big reason for those wonders, those miracles, is for the fact of testifying that yes. Jesus is Lord and, that, and yes. that these people had accepted and had salvation. Yes, absolutely. And 1 Corinthians um, 7, 7 just shows us that there are different gifts and we all don't have the same gifts. The Apostle Paul says, I wish that all were as myself, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. So we have different gifts, and some of us have some of the same gifts, but we all don't have all the gifts. Mm-hmm. And there's this variance, and that's that's the way God designed us, according to his will, and that's what he, that's what he wants. And um, we'll see some more of that as we go along. Yeah, and you see that laid out in Ephesians 4, verses 7 and 8, where it says, Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And, and so the point of that verse is what you were pointing at, Jackie, is that it, spiritual gifts are given by God as he desires. So yep. It says, according to the measure of Christ's gifts. So this isn't like, uh, I'm extra spiritual, or I've done all these things, <laughs> yeah. therefore I get the best gifts, mm-hmm. and I get to walk out You know that way. It's, um, we all are gifted in the way that God wants to gift us, which is why it's, it's interesting when people, you know, and I... <laughs> I think we can even fall victim to this as leaders of, you know, of, of churches and ministries is looking at people and um, viewing them in kind of projecting what they could become or, or could this person be a leader? And so you may invest more time in them. Then you look at someone else like, ah, they're not going to, they're not going to have any gifts. So we won't worry about them. But, but, you know, it shows us is God, God can do anything with anybody. And, and that's really the whole story of, of the Bible and why we are so often called not to be or not to show partiality because we don't, yes. we don't know what God has planned. Right. So if we look at someone and say, yeah, they're probably not going to be very gifted in this way, or at least for what we want our church to look like, uh, that that's problematic on a lot of levels for us. Yeah. That's my favorite thing that always happens on like, uh, those talent shows yeah. or, uh, you know, American idol. And I don't think American idol cause they don't really let people that don't look like they're going to do well. Yeah. Um, the voice, but, kind but of, the yeah. voice, yeah, like the voice or like America's got talent or whatever. And you see someone come up like, like Susan Boyle, for example, you remember when she came walking out, do you remember this? I don't. She was like, uh, this, this heavy set elderly, um, English woman. She comes walking out and said, everyone's making fun of her. And, Simon is making fun of her, and then she opens her mouth and sings, and everyone's like, "Oh my goodness, she's awesome!" Yeah, you know, and that's the, that's the thing. It's, it's not it's not what's on the outside; it's what's on the inside. God looks at the heart, and He gives us gifts. And if we start to condemn each other, make judgments each, each other, um, we can miss out on what God's really wanting to do through that yep. person. Yep. Now, Paul teaches us about spiritual gifts. And it's important for us, I believe, to talk about them and learn about them. Um, and so he, what he does is he takes a whole large chunk of first Corinthians, like chapters 12 through 14 and just lays it all out. And what he does, he starts off in, in, in chapter 12, verse one, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Uh, so he's, he's starting out saying, I want you guys to know some things about spiritual gifts. And so then picking back up in verse uh, four, he says, there are ver- varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Verse five, there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works in all things and in all persons. And he says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And so we talked about that. It's, it's different. It's how God wants to give it. And then he starts listing what these gifts are. And so here's some of the, the lists. Okay. Um, he says uh, in verse eight, uh, there's the word of wisdom, uh, a word of knowledge, uh, verse 9, uh, a gift of faith, uh, verse 9, a gift of healing, uh, verse 10, 
the gifts of affecting miracles, verse 10, also the gift of prophecy, and also in verse 10, the gift of distinguishing spirits, uh, this is like the gift of discernment, the gift of tongues, and the gift of interpretation of tongues, and those are the ones that Paul uh, lists there in, in chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. This is not every single gift there is. He's just giving examples of gifts that are. And what he says in summary that he says, uh, one of the same, the spirit that works all these things together, distributing to one, each one individually, just as he wills. That's verse 11 of first Corinthians chapter 12. And so it's clear that the gifts are a thing. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit does it, and he's given us some examples of what they are, but they're not the only place we see a list of gifts. Yeah, yeah. Paul also talks about it in Romans 12, 6 through 8, where, again, it's, he says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, so it uh, reaffirms there it's from God based on his grace, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith, so there's prophecy. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So there we have uh, some of those, you know, kind of uh, overlap in, to some yeah. to some extent, but there's just more lists of gifts, spiritual gifts given there to the believer when they've uh, had the Holy Spirit reside within them. These are different areas and, and things that they've been gifted with. Yeah, and I think it's important too. We, we've touched on it, you know, we've mentioned it because it's more of according to the will of God. But it's very important for us also to see there that it's the gifts according to the grace of God, and grace is getting that which we don't deserve. And so there's nothing special about the person that has the gift. It's what's special is the God inside them that this gift comes from. Um, so we need to remember that. Um, another thing that I think is very important for us to talk about, and we've talked about this beforehand, uh, Derek, was that the gifts, um, they're not all mysterious, but they all are from God. They're spiritual. They're all supernatural. Mm-hmm. But the issue that a lot of times um, where the debate comes from, where you know, our spiritual gifts still around today with the whole cessationism versus continuationism debate is over gifts like tongues and healing and prophecy. And we treat those way differently than we do other gifts. Yeah. Like there's some supernatural, mysterious, magical kind of thing, and people don't know what's going on. So like, for example, gift of tongues. Right, they're speaking some you know spiritual language, and it's just this miraculous, amazing, mysterious thing that happens. But tongues, why do we teach it different than teaching? Like, why, why are we saying that that's different than teaching? Yeah, like when someone teaches, we're not like, oh, that's just some mysterious. They they didn't prepare, they didn't prep a lesson, they just got up and started teaching, and the spirit just randomly caused it to come forth. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's the way we'll treat like the gift of tongues. Yeah. And right, people like there's plenty of teachers out there in America who are great teachers. Yes, they're not saved. They don't have that the Holy too. Spirit within them. Yes. So it's like if it's we now, I, I would acknowledge they are all supernatural. They, they are gift for, gifts from God. Yes. But to mystify, to, yeah, to mystify them yes. or anything like that, uh, it doesn't. To your point, you have to be consistent across the board. So why yep. why is tongues held to that standard? But teaching is just like oh yeah, it doesn't really matter if you're saved or not. Uh, you know, you can be a teacher yeah. or gifts of healing. For example, yeah. we, we, we mysticize that one and say it's, it's always miraculous, but say like helping someone in service, you know, that's, that's just a heart for the Lord and you're helping your, but he said, he said right there that uh, in, in Romans 12 verse six, that the gift of service serving is a spiritual gift. Yeah. Right. So, so it's no less supernatural than someone being miraculously healed. Yeah, absolutely. And so why are we treating them differently? And so. My argument is a lot of times that 
that the gift of healing is still there. We, it just manifests itself maybe differently than what we might think, mm-hmm. you know? So like someone like Karina, my wife, she's a nurse, right? Maybe the spirit, maybe her spiritual gift is healing and, and she has a special ability given to her by God to be able to minister to people and help people that are sick and, and, and through the power of God, see them be healed um, through, through medicine. And um, when it comes to like tongues, like someone like pastor Said, I think of who can speak both English and Spanish and he can interpret and, and teach people the word of God. Whereas someone like me, I come speak in English and then he can speak it in Spanish. And I believe yeah. that's a manifestation of the gift of tongues. It's not miraculous. And like, Oh my goodness, it's so mysterious and it's mysticism. No, but, but it's no less a su- supernatural gift. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the other thing we think about that I know you'd brought up before is especially with like the, the gift of healing, like, yeah. you know, I think God yeah. can, God can do that. He can heal people. Yes. Um, he can do whatever he wants. All sorts of, and he can use other people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, I think there's a difference between somebody having the gift of healing, as we see here that Paul talks about and God using someone to heal, you know, someone else or using those gifts. And, like and, Peter at the gate, beautiful said, Hey, I don't have silver or gold, but stand up and walk. Yeah. Like that, if, that, that, that's a lot different. We don't, you don't see that today. Yeah. Um, There's some not people, people going through the, the children's ward at a hospital and yeah. just healing all the sick kids with cancer. Yeah. Because if they had that and people aren't doing that, I would, you know, I'd be like, you need to find those people and get them to the, to get them to the hospitals, healing yeah. people that way. Yeah. But, but you don't see that. And even, um, I know we talked about before the show, like James five, right? The, yes. the, the prayer for healing where, yep. uh, how does that verse go again? I know you brought it up and I don't have it. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So it says, uh, if anyone, if, if anyone among you is sick, then he is to call on the elders to pray and they're to with all and pray over him and the prayers offered in faith will heal the sick yeah. man. So, so um, does, does that mean that every elder then when they <laughs> become an elder are, have the gift of healing because you, you could read it from that way mm-hmm. and say, well, you must have that. Well, I, I don't have that gift in in that way that would manifest it there. So I think what it shows us more is that So God what you're saying is heals. we should not have ordained you. Yeah, yeah, not, they, no, although that. that's the case, you shouldn't be ordained anyway. Right, no. um, so I, I think what James 5 to that same point is getting at is God can still yes. um, heal and, and use it through the form of prayer and even godly men praying over someone. I think that, that doesn't that, equal spir- a spiritual e- gift. Exactly. So it's God yeah. can still heal without people having the spiritual gift of yeah. healing. And that, that and, was a point that and, yeah, Maybe we should do an episode two on do miracles still happen today? Yeah. You know, cause that, that would get to a lot of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good one to do. But uh, continuing on in, in first Corinthians 12, uh, 27 through 31, it says, now you are Christ's bodies, uh, Christ's body and individually members of it. So uh, just through there it says, and God has appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helps administration, various kinds of tongues. And just going on and saying, you know, basically the, not, not everybody does all of these things, but then it says at the end, 31, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I show you a still more excellent way. And you say, mm-hmm. okay, well, what, why would you end the, what's better? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would you end the chapter that way? But it transitions directly into the next chapter in 13, where it says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. So I think the, that verse, what it tells us, I think one, there's, um, Paul seems to kind of be um, almost uh, stretching things a little bit, right? Where he says, um, if I speak with the tongue, like the tongues of men and angels. Yeah, if hi- I have, hyperbole for the sake of yeah, illustration. If, if yeah. I know all min- all mysteries and all knowledge, we, we know that nobody has those gifts. So I think exactly. Yes. He's using this as hyperbole, so we shouldn't read yep. that as 
exactly the same thing. But you could speak in the tongue of angels? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think hyperbole there, but I think the bigger point is even in that hyperbole, the main point is how you're using the gifts and that it's with love. If, if yeah. you don't have love for others, as we know, that's the backbone of, of our faith is, is God's love for us, Christ's love for us, and therefore our love for others. If we don't have that, then it doesn't matter what gifting you have. You, you, it says it profits me nothing. You, you're a no profit. You're really not yep. of much of service to, to a local body of believers either if you're exercising these spiritual gifts with, without love in your heart. So I think that's the thing that it brings us to is that's the more excellent way. Absolutely. Is, is loving through those things, uh, you know, the, the world, but also uh, especially uh, the church of believers. Yeah, because then we, we do the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and we talk about the list of love, and we always want it at our weddings and, and all this. And that's, that's great, but the, the, the idea there for using it at weddings is fine. It just misses the overall context. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, what you're doing is you're pulling a few verses out of a larger context which is all about spiritual gifts and how they're supposed to be used in the church. And so Mm -hmm. you pick up right after that part in first Corinthians eight, and he says, love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done done away. And if there are tongues, they will cease. And if there is knowledge, it will be done away for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. In other words, there will come a time when these gifts do cease. Yep. Right. And so that's where some of the debate comes from. People debate what is the perfect when is the yeah. perfect time? Yeah, is the perfect time when when the apostolic age is that the perfect time, or is it when Jesus comes again? One day they will cease for sure. That is that is true. But what Paul is saying is in verse thirteen, he gets at it. There's faith, hope, and love, and these three exist now. Even the, by the way, he says that faith, hope, and love abide. These three, these three remain right. But the greatest of these is love. And what he's saying is the most important thing that we should be doing is loving God and loving others and using the gifts that God has given us to demonstrate love for God and love for others. And that should be the focus. All of chapter 14 then primarily is about speaking in tongues. And we're not going to get into all that uh, today because uh, we, we're about a half-hour podcast, not a two-hour podcast. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do, do that we'll, on another one. We, we'll, we will come back and hit on tongues some more. But then in the middle of 1 Corinthians 14, in verse 12, I think we can still bring up, yes. it says this, so also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of go. the church. Exactly. So the purpose is the purpose. always the edification yes. of the church, not not um, you know elevating ourselves. Like you just said, it's for the sake of love. So how can I love others and serve others with the gifts that, that I have? Right, yeah, because oftentimes people will put emphasis on the gift and celebrate that, and even sometimes I think worship yeah, that, that gift and idolize it rather than the God who gave the gift, or or even use it for the reason that it was used for in the in the first place. So a lot, a lot of times I think about the the speaking in tongues that we'd see today, like in churches, in charismatic circles and stuff, and people get all worked up over that, both good and bad worked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the emphasis there, like, what is the what what, what are we celebrating here? Yeah, are we celebrating God? Are you celebrating this gift? Some people believe if you don't have that gift, you can't. You're not a Christian. Yep. You know, so we're putting the wrong emphasis on the gift, and so we want to make sure the gift is used to glorify God and to edify the church. It's interesting how even spiritual gifts, the thing given from God, we can find a way in our sinful hearts that always want to make idols to even idolize those things. Yeah. And, and fight, you know, yeah. fight over. Um, you know, where the power is from. We find so, so many reasons to not give God the glory, but find ways to exalt ourselves yep. or even others and, and their gifts. So even, or put even people the, down. Yeah, yeah, or put people yeah. down. So even in the case of spiritual gifts given by God, it's crazy how humans can find a way 
to glorify the gifts that just like we glorify the creature rather than the creator and so many exactly. things. And, mm-hmm. and so we do it there. But uh, uh, first Peter four, 10 through 11 says as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So again, with this serving one another, loving one another as good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Love that verse. Yeah, yeah, those two verses. So, Two verses, yes. The, 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 the huge thing there for me um, is the, the, the heaviness of this. Yeah. Um, if you notice, it says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, right? So if, if our gift if our spiritual has something to do with teaching, mm-hmm. exhortation, preaching, prophet, whatever it might be, right? If it's speaking, um, then we need to be very careful that we're how we're handling it. You know, we need to treat it like this is. Exi- we want to be careful to say exactly what God wants us to say, mm-hmm. or one who serves as one who serves by the strength of God. You know, we need to rely on God. A lot of times, we just go out and serve in our own strength. Yeah, and then complain about it when we don't get recognition that we think we deserve. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, and and so there's this. There's this seriousness, seriousness that we need to have. There's joy in this, but there's this seriousness that we need to have when it comes to these things and say, okay, we need, we need to take this more seriously than we do. And uh, ultimately, it's all for God's glory, right? So it says it's, it's for him and everything, and everything. God be glorified. And if we're being glorified in it, then we're not using them for the right purpose. Mm-hmm. And we've established already that it's supposed to be used to help others. It says right here, even in the text, to use it to serve one another. So in this text, these two verses, we see that the two main purposes of spiritual gifts, the glory of God, the good of others. And I'll throw another one there for you because Paul mentions this in first Corinthians 12, 13 to 14, um, talking about spiritual gifts, the sake of the gospel. And by the way, you got your three G's there. Yeah, yeah. I, I was waiting for it. I was hoping you wouldn't just so I could call you out on it. God's to, glory, good repentance. of others, and the sake of the gospel. And, and that's that's the purpose of spiritual gifts. Yep. So just in, in summary for all of this that we covered, ultimately the Holy Spirit is fairly mysterious, and we don't know all the specific and exact ways that he works. What is clear in Scripture, though, is that spiritual gifts are given by God to born-again believers for God's glory, the good of others, and for the sake of the gospel. The detailed description of every gift is not provided for us in Scripture, but we do have biblical guidelines and instructions on how to use our gifts. So when it comes to the debate on spiritual gifts, the labels are what really can get most divisive. A cessationist may call us continuationists, and a continuationist may call us cessationists. We believe that both of these man-made labels have elements of truth in them, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Practically speaking, we are called to test the spirits and see if they align with truth, And this should apply when evaluating any sort of gifting, as we know there are false teachers out there manipulating people with these so-called gifts for their own personal gain. We'd like to encourage and challenge each of you listening today that if you are a believer, rather than getting caught up in this debate, ask yourself, how has God gifted me? Then follow that up by asking, am I using this for the edification of the local church? If the answer is no, we'd implore you to get involved and use the supernatural gifts God has given you to be an active part of the local body of believers, bringing encouragement to others, and ultimately glorifying God. Amen. So that concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com. Thank you.